Hi, listeners. During our time of isolation, we have also stayed away from the radio studio, so I will be repeating some shows for a few weeks from 2016 and 2017. I hope you enjoy them and continue to listen to KBXL 94.1. Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Well, I just really got into this yesterday because I started, I went on a bandwagon about giving because I think so many times people's blessings are missing out because they're not giving to the things of God. I have some great friends. I have one really great, great friend of mine that he's one of the most generous men that walk the planet and he has given, I thought about him early this morning. He has given and given and given to people. And you know what? He doesn't give to be, uh, he doesn't give to get back, but he has been so blessed. He said, God has just overwhelmed me. He's just overwhelmed me. And uh, you know what? That's happened in my life. The more I give, the more God has overwhelmed me. And so I kind of went off on a tangent on that yesterday. But I was talking about Luke chapter 6, and I got into loving your enemies. And I, and, and I closed with saying, you know, what good is it if, if, if people to do good to us? It's easy to do good to them, but it's not easy to do good to those that say bad things about us and do uh, bad things against us. He says in the 35th verse here, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend back to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. I want to pray at this point. Our Heavenly Father, bless this day. God, open our ears to your words. Lord, these are your words. Lord, as we read the red letter edition, we know that these are you speaking in in Luke 6. And I pray, God, you would help us to see your words, and they would pierce our heart, and they'd pierce our mind, and that we'd be different people because we follow the Word of God. And Lord, I know some out there think that pastors and leaders and radio hosts try to guilt them. Lord, it's not trying to guilt them at all. It's you, Lord. You lay things on their heart. Lord, you have given us all a conscience. And I pray, God, that we'd be sensitive to that. We'd be sensitive to your Spirit. We'd be led by your Spirit. We would not be led on our own accord. Oh, God, use us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I ask these things. Amen. Well, then he gets into judging others. I'm just going to continue since I've been Luke 6, uh, verse 37, and we'll go down today through at least 42, and we'll see how far we get from there. But he says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given back to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, there's two things here. One, do not judge. How easy it is for us to judge others. Yes, to judge others because they don't live up to our standards. Look, people, I understand this one big time because I was raised in a very, I'm going to use the term holiness. Some of you may not understand that term but a life that is, uh, you live wholly into God. You do things that you know is right and, and good and correct. You know, you're obedient to the things of God. And, you know, he says, uh, you know, you don't judge others because the way you were raised. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned because not everybody thinks like you do. Not everything, everybody has the same biblical perspective as you do. And sometimes you get on the radio and you hear people talk and they hammer their point. And if you don't believe in their point, then, oh, there's something wrong with your ministry. There's something wrong with you. People, you allow the Spirit of God to lead you. You live by the Word of God, you're going to be okay. You live by His truth, you're going to be okay. Pretty soon people start saying, well, I'm going to live like Tom Doherty tells me to live. No, you don't live like Tom Doherty tells you to live. 
you live like the Word of God tells you to live and how the Spirit of God uh, touches your life. Because like I said, I was raised in a very, very, um, I'll use the term conservative, you'll understand that more, a very, very conservative home. In fact, so conservative growing up that we did, we <laughs> we didn't go to dances, we didn't play with cards, alcohol was never a part of our lives. We didn't cuss. We didn't even come near cussing. If we said, gosh, then I'd get slapped. I mean, this kind of thing, it was, we lived in a very, uh, <laughs> some would say very legalistic home at the time, you know, and, and, but I tell you what, I wouldn't change it for the world because my parents taught me the importance of the word of God and living holiness. And I tend to be that way. And I tend to still be that way. And I, I, uh, I don't like fooling around with, with evil, with things that, uh, that could be questionable. Now, yes, I'll admit I play with cards now. And my dad, he knows that. When he was alive, he knew I played with cards. And, and, he, and I was able to discuss that with him and understand, you know, because they used to think that the Joker stood for Jesus and all sorts of things. The king stood for, I can't remember everything. And so we just, we never played with cards growing up. And I honored my mom and dad. We just, we just didn't do that because, you know, one, we'd be in trouble. But uh, I love the game Pinochle. I play a lot of Pinochle, and uh, and I've enjoyed that over the years, and I certainly don't have a problem with that. But I've learned this. I can't judge others for what they do. I've never been someone who's drank. I'm not a drinker. I've never drank. I'm just, I just never have. I've been raised against that, and I, I see the value of not drinking because I see the value of how lives have been. I've had many people in my office who have uh, marriage have, have been dissolved because of alcohol, and I've watched what has happened. I visited the prisons of these people that became alcoholics and got themselves DUIs and got into drugs, that this all began. It wouldn't happen if they wouldn't drink, so I just have always avoided that. But I have great friends that they drink a little bit and this and that. Hey, that's between them and God. They're not going to hell because they drink something. I mean, if I was something like that and a judge them, then I became the seed of God. I'm not the seed of God. I love people for who they are. I, it used to drive me crazy. I'd go out to the fair and and I'd run across somebody that might have a, a, a beer in her hand or something, and and they would like try to hide it. And I said, you don't need to hide it. I'm, I'm not condemning you. My grandfather, my wife's grandfather, he'd have a cold beer off the off the farm. You know, and that was him. You know, and he was a great guy. I'm not. It has nothing to do with your salvation unless you unless you're disobedient to the things of God. Unless you're drunken, the Bible talks about the sin of drunkenness. But I, but of course, you can't get drunk if you don't drink. Anyway, enough. I'm just telling you my background. I was just raised very, very kind of a Puritan. My brother too, and and all of us to this day, we just kind of stayed that way. But but it'd be wrong for me to judge, and I don't judge. And he says, "Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned." See, I don't want to condemn others because there's things that I do that you probably wouldn't do. There's things that that I do that maybe thought patterns that I have that you may not have. And you know what? I don't want to be condemned or judged. I just want to live for Jesus. But the important thing, then he moves on to the second part of this. He says, given it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Giving. I talked about giving yesterday. It just seems to, seems to pop up all the time. This is a scripture that's used a lot in churches as they talk about giving. Give, and it will be given to you. That's not just in churches. That's in life. You give to your neighborhood, you give to those in need, you know what? God will bless you. I can tell you, and you've heard most of my stories, but I can tell you story after story about how God has blessed. I've given, and God just continues to multiply and how he shows his hand. And virtually he He shows me, he says, look, this is what I told you. I'm keeping my promise. He also told the disciples this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? 
The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take this speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do you get this, people? Do you get this? Here we are. We're trying to help someone. We're trying to tell them of their little sin. When, in fact, in our life, we've got a major sin in our life. We're telling others how to live, and yet, in another area, we are struggling big time. And Jesus says, clear that up. Make it right before you try to get a speck out of your brother's eye. Look, everybody has issues. Look, everybody has something in their eye. Everybody has struggled somewhere in life. We are not perfect. If you think we're perfect, you're wrong. If you think your pastor is perfect, you are dead wrong. Or your board members are perfect, you're dead wrong. There's none of us that are perfect. We all have issues. We all have things we deal with. We are as human as you are. Until we get to heaven, we're going to have struggles. We're going to deal with those things in life. But I'm telling you something, if you're trying to be judgmental and you are always judging your brother, but yet you continue to have a horrible attitude, that your attitude is in the toilet, and yet you are telling somebody else how to live, uh, maybe externally, folks, evaluate what you're doing. Live by the Word of God. Pray and encourage. And as the Bible says, and I say this often in the show, gently restore them to the things of God. And the word of God tells us this, to gently restore your brother. If you see your brother sinning, gently restore them. Don't go and beat him over the head of the two by fours. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? We see one of our brother, one of our people in church, one of those that are claiming Christians just blatantly sinning against God. You want to take that two by four and whack him and say, wake up, wake up. And that's exactly what God was doing in the church of Revelation and Jesus was doing in the church of Revelation and John the Revelator, he's telling these churches of uh, all the various churches over there, he said, you know, you got to wake up, folks. He said, you got to get this together. You, you're you putting on a pretty good front, but, uh, you know, you, somehow, some way, you got to come to realization that you're not everything you think you are. And we all need that wake-up call, you know? Um when I think of uh, the church of Ephesus, he says, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars. He says, you have persevered and endured hardships for my name, and you have not grown weary. So he's, and I've talked about this. I did these, uh, this the thing on these uh, churches here a couple, three, four weeks ago. But he said, you have done some great things. So he's encouraged him. Then he says this, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your, forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. He said, you have fallen, church. You have fallen. You've turned your back on me. You've, you, you've, you've persevered in some things. You've endured some hardships, but you're still not following me. He says, repent and do the things you did at first. He says, and if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Boy, that's straightforward to the church at Ephesus. And then he goes to the churches, uh, Smyrna again. I'm just, I'm just kind of recapping this. And now your afflictions for your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say uh, are Jews and are not, but are synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you your victor's crown. Be faithful. The one who is victorious will not be hurt. 
be victorious in the church of Pergamum. It says the same type of thing in the church of uh, Thyatira, you know, in the church of Sardis, you know, he says, come on, you were once awake, you were awake, you were alive, but now you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains. People of God, people of the Treasure Valley, wake up, strengthen what remains. Be strong in the Lord. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you and take you to great new heights. Out of time, folks. I love you. Have a great day. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.